This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Dungeon Crawler Network presents Tales of Tamriel. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 88 of Tales of Tamriel, a Dungeon Crawler Network production. I am your host, Ajelos, surrounded by Khajiit, despite the heat that is outside. It is very warm, and they will not stop sitting on my lap. Uh, But joining me today is the man from across the pond, the... I'd say Templar extraordinaire, but I think you're kind of gathering dust. That would be Estellian. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Yes, he is getting a bit unloved over oh. there with cobwebs and dust, but such is life. How can how can you not love a Templar though? They're so amazing. Oh, I do, I do still love a Templar. I just to be phased gathering dust with the others at the moment. I see. I see. Uh, and also joining us. Um, reclining on his couch joining us from his xbox connect yes that's right that would be setsua are you sir oh no he's oh he's away oh well he'll join us in just one second um because apparently he got a phone call right as we start the show what luck well that's just inconvenient that is i know right it's like don't they realize we're recording a show right now dear heaven above huh so unprofessional. It's terrible. Um, all right. Well, before we get into the show, first off, I wanted to say um, I want to say thank you to everyone in the community that um, last week was a rough week for me because we had to put down one of our one of our little Khajiit. It was really sad for us. And it was kind of a last minute thing. Not really. We kind of hinted Thais and I had been talking about it because she was just so sick and not doing well. But Sunday we made forward and then i just was not in the mood to record um so we did have to put her down and that was really sad so i missed that little kitty and i'm hoping that zos gives me a race change soon because i have all eight character slots filled and i want to make a khajiit in her honor but they're all filled and they're all 60 60 60 on, on riding skill um so with that i do want to say thank you to everyone 
uh, who who did take the time to send me messages and stuff. That was really appreciated. Thank you. Um, secondly, before we really get into the show, um, I do want to announce that Tales of Tamriel will be taking a small hiatus um, in about halfway through December. And the reason for this, and it's a good thing, actually, is because um, Thais and I are moving to a new house. Um, as of right now, tentatively, our closing is December 17th uh, to get the new house. So that's always exciting. Um, but during the move and whatnot, as anyone who's actually moved before will know, it is a pain in the bum. And I'll be doing a lot of it uh, on my own because Thais is taking care of our little milk drinker so she will not be able to help in in a vast regard uh and it may take a, a, a week or two to actually get internet at the place so be sure to follow our social media that's at dungeon crawl net and at tales of tamriel uh, on twitter because i will be announcing when we'll be doing um another show live now we'll still be good for a little while yet but around the middle of december there may be a, a little bit of a hiatus on our part for a, a few weeks while um, I get together, but once that happens, we'll be back and we'll be live and I will be streaming it and that'll be amazing. So I'm excited about that. You can stream your fishing. I can stream fishing. Yes. Yes, I can. I can stream it and it'll be great. All right. Before we roll into news, there's even more to go over. First off, I want to say this show is brought to you by, of course, our Patreon supporters who are amazing and donate to us every month. You guys are fantastic. Help us keep the lights on here. So thank you so much. Anyone who's interested in that can out over at patreon.com slash network. We really appreciate it. Um, and also by five-star reviewer, the mighty Thor 252. Uh, He left us a review. I absolutely love the show. I love the overall enthusiasm for the game and the universe as a whole, as well as the willingness to bring up something you think could be better. I enjoy that you talk about every little bit of news that you come across, whether it be big or small. I only wish there was a way for us console players to be better represented on the show, but that doesn't take away from the experience. I look forward to downloading and listening to the show each and every week. Keep up the good work. And I cannot in good conscience, um, you know, say what he just said. But I, I will say Blood of the Pact. No, I'm just saying he said for King and Covenant, but, you know, at least it's not Albemarle Dominion. So good nothing on you, wrong with King Covenant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if it lesser of the two evils, I guess. I mean, I, I absolutely wouldn't have read it if it was Albemarle Dominion, but Daggerfall Covenant's OK. We're all right with that. Um, also, to shake up the show a little bit we got an email and i'm gonna read it because it's fantastic um it's amazing just just so you know all right first off hello they uh jealous Thais, avi nate esteldian and setsua hi greetings from england to you all this is esteldian's mom yes that's right esteldian's oh, awesome. mom has <laughs> messaged us I was honored to be mentioned in episode 86. The last time was much earlier uh, episode in the series. I've never played any Elder Scrolls game, only this online one. I really enjoy listening to your podcast and learning about the lore and how you all enjoy playing the game. It is useful to have updated news gone into so much detail. I find the discussions very helpful. Um... I played AD&D and other tabletop role-playing games for quite some years before Esteldian introduced me to MMOs. Way to go, Esteldian. Just break Woo-hoo. her right in, right? 
Uh, EQ, EQ2, Vanguard, Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, fleetingly. I understand that one. Uh, Rift and Final Fantasy XIV. I know Esteldian loved the difficulty in EverQuest, and I enjoyed the game, but when EQ2 came along, I fell in love with MMOs. I love my Necromancer, although I have enjoyed all of the other MMOs. EQ2 has a special place in my heart. I really wanted an EQ3 to have come out by now. Yeah, EverQuest next. <laughs> Never gonna happen. <laughs> Never quest. That's that's pretty much. What... Uh, reason for this email is to show my interest in housing, which you may, uh, which you hope might happen one day. If it is done well, I would love housing. I did not see the houses in Final Fantasy XIV. Couldn't afford them. I was not keen on the housing in Rift, although I loved playing with the game so much it never bothered me. The housing I would have to compare with would be eq2 and i actually have no experience with eq2 i don't know do you have any experience with eq2 still in i hope uh, some experience yeah but then i don't like housing so i rented a place and that was about it i put the newbie table in yeah. that's about the last i ever visited for yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. oh she even goes on to say i will try to explain a little and i'm sure estelle even though he doesn't have interest <laughs> Uh, <laughs> or someone who has played EQ2 can elaborate. Well, uh, Esteldian's mom, Esteldian is worthless in this regard because he pretty much just said I threw a table in there and I forgot about it. She knows me so well. I know, right? All right. Uh, I like the setup where there's some small, or was a small area in certain towns dedicated to housing, which was entered by communal doors. Each door was priced differently, allowed you into a different house. Uh, one room house is being the cheapest once bought. Uh, on clicking the door, you would choose your character your character name from the list that oh from the list as there could be lots of people living there and it would let you into your instance as long as the rent was up to date. The higher the rent, the more rooms you had. This also had a knock on effect with uh, yeah, knock on effect with crafting as lots of items you could furnish your room with could be crafted in a lot of different styles tables chairs beds paintings carpets pets quest rewards could all be placed where you wanted them oh i like that you could change the wall floor textures and yes you could sell items from your house um which was touched on on the podcast yeah i i like if they bring houses into something it'd be really kind of neat in elder scrolls if to tie into guild traders there was like a housing trader kind of deal like a housing market board um and if anyone who owned a house could then maybe only put a handful of items up and it would be on a community board i like it i I hope they do something with that um yes uh let's see let's see let's see let's see i want to read more um um Actually, I'm going to probably hold some of this for a later episode. Um, so, Estelian's Bomb, you will be making an appearance coming forward probably again soon because I'm going to keep this email because uh, there's some other stuff I want to touch on, uh, but the housing is good for now. Um, I've not played EverQuest housing. I actually downloaded EverQuest the other day. EverQuest 2, I should say, uh, and logged in and was just kind of messing around because I kind of wanted to see what you know EverQuest 2 was about because around that time... Uh, I I jumped to Warcraft as a lot of people probably did. I mean, the two games EverQuest two and Warcraft came out around the same time, so it was kind of like one or the other in in most regards. So um, I have, but I have, I'm still too early to really get around anywhere. But anyway, 
thank you so much for the email. It's awesome. And you are like the coolest mom ever. Just so you know. Yeah, it'd be great. My parents didn't even play MMOs and play computer games. I was always kind of the weird one who just sat in their room. So, Steldin, you're a lucky guy. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's see here. Where are we? Okay, let's go right on into our game news this week. And it's pretty much all patches all the time. Starting with patch 2.2.5 came out this week. Um, and it, it was a small incremental patch that was supposed to fix a few crashes and a few little things like that. But one of the big things that kind of hit was they made a change that uh, I know uh, Steldian, you pointed out. Do you want to go ahead and mention that? What, you mean the change to our, uh, the way dots tick? Yeah. Yes, in an effort to prevent or lower lag or whatever, I'm guessing in PvP in particular, because that's where the problem always seems to be. They've had this grand plan that some skills will tick less often, but do more damage when they do. Um, there's a number of spells involved in that, and I'm no surprise. I doubt they've put, in, put much thought into the full impact of it, but one of those skills is Blazing Spear, which, as everyone knows, it doesn't really do much damage as a dot in itself anyway. The reason it was good was it did quite a few ticks worth of damage, which helped proc your big burning light passive. Mm, yeah. So 25% chance to proc, and between six ticks and the initial hit, there's seven, seven chances. So usually you'd get one to two procs of that every time you cast it. So depending on what they're reducing it, reducing it to, that could be quite a significant nerf to the AOE capability of the Templar. Yeah. So, More so than just, even though the damage remains the same, the mechanic of our passive is what really was what made it nice because burning light, that was no joke. I'm sitting here doing burning light right now on biting jabs. My biting jabs hit for about 2.3K, but when burning light procs, it's 4.2K. Like it, it hits harder than biting jabs does. And it's like, why would you not want to proc that? So a lot of the damage capability was from burning light. And now with lowered chances, that's, that's really going to suck. Yeah, because the dot was always crapping. It was like 30 damage it used to do or something stupid. It was really insignificant. And it's just, uh, I, I get the funny thing. They'll boost it to like 60 damage, but only procs three times or something. It's, it's going to work out as quite a big hit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I doubt... Um, Sorcerers are too happy either because obviously their lightning splash was always every half second. And they have their concussion passive for when a mob gets low health or whatever. Whatever it is, it does extra damage when um, low health. Yeah, the full list is Blazing Spear, Consuming Darkness and its morphs, Eruption, Lightning Splash and its morphs, Necrotic Orb and its morphs, Path of Darkness and its morphs, and Radiant Destruction and its morphs. So for those of you keeping track at home, um, yeah. I don't know. The Radiant Destruction may be a little bit of a of a boost. I mean, because it's an execute, right? So, I don't yeah, know. So, I don't, I don't, but I don't. yeah, no, the, uh, the, I would say Sorcerers are the only one. Yeah, Sorcerers are going to get hit with their Lightning Splash. But everyone else should be okay, I think. But those two classes won't be too happy. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was one of the patches that hit this week. Um, not a lot else in there. You can always check out all the stuff over on either our website where I record it for people who can't see it on patch day, um, as well as, um, 
over on the official Elder Scrolls Online forums. Either place. Check them out. They're great. Uh, one other negative side effect of this is one of the most recent patches inadvertently um, broke all the unofficial localization apps. There were a bunch of different um, add-ons out there that were like fan translations of the game, such as uh, translated ESO into Russian, uh, Servanian, um, and a few other unofficial languages. Those that aren't supported officially by Zos, which English, German, and, and, and French. Um, but there were a lot of people who were working on translating the game, and they made these patches to, to translate it. Well, the most recent patch actually broke that, and in an official response, it said, in a most recent patch, we fixed an exploit that allowed add-ons to run arbitrary protected code. This exploit could have been used to create a lot of harm, so it was critical that we fix it as soon as possible. Unfortunately, there were some unofficial localization add-ons that were casualties of this fix as they were using the same exploit in a benign way. It was important to us that the hard work done by these add-ons was not lost, however, so we implemented a new method of doing unofficial localization at the same time that the exploit was fixed. When this new code is live, add-on authors will be able to supply a file name and it's... uh, language code underscore in game dot str instead of the previous Lua version and fill in the lines um, of the form to provide localization in a secure way. This new method is presented uh, presently going through Q&A and will will be made available as soon as we're confident of it. Sorry for the lack of messaging about this in the notes. Um, Guys, what do you, what do you think? Uh, above my head very complicated stuff um good that they found next one to get rid of unfortunate about the side effect there mm-hmm. um if they're going to sort it out that's not so bad obviously unfortunately how quickly are you going to sort it out yes yeah. if people are relying on that yeah then they're gonna have a bit of a problem Setsua, what about you sir i don't know if he's still here he may not be say, is he back i think i saw a message from him uh i have to pull up the messages Oh, okay. He may or may not be back at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what happens when you have drop-in podcasters? No, just kidding. So that's who I had to go, go take down, care go of. Go down part-timers. Yeah, uh, filthy casuals. <laughs> filthy casual podcasters. All of them. Uh, no. All right. I, I understand why they fixed it. And I actually applaud them. And you know how we were talking the other week about communication i actually am going to say i'm in favor of what zos did and the main reason for this is because the type of code that was being used was used in an exploit so it had they given proper communication that might have kicked in a lot of people to try exploiting the game in earnest before it was fixed you know what i mean yeah because it's like oh guys we found an exploit code it's this line of copies they would have had to tell the people going we're gonna have to patch this out guys so beware and then the guys are like you know the, the people who are using it to cheat are gonna be sitting there going well if that's the case then you know let's let's go ahead and and um you know do it while we can let's you know what whatever it is let's just go hog wild with it because we're not gonna have it here soon so 
the the stealth nerf in this case because the code being used was used for an exploit it was more of a security thing than not and uh i'm glad that they actually didn't give warning i feel bad for the various people who were using those mods to enjoy the game uh in their native language um but you know unfortunately this is one of the things you got to do when you're playing a game that is not officially supported and the developer or the coders are using code that, well, I mean, any code that they use is subject to change. So hopefully you guys um, get the add-ons working rather quickly. At least I'm hoping so. Cause you know, the, the, they're, those people are part of our community as well. And we want them to be able to enjoy the amazing game if they don't speak one of the uh, official languages. Um, but it, it in the end it was a good thing that it was that it was fixed because it could have been used to harm the game in in any number of ways so I, i'm glad that they they didn't tell us because i don't know about you but if i knew i could get free candy bars from a vending machine and they're like guys we figured out what how you guys are doing it and we're gonna fix it next week you better believe i'm sucking that thing dry before before it gets fixed Oh yeah, they couldn't give early warning because you're right. I've had first things. Like, oh, they're going to take that away. I better get in there now. It's, exactly. It's like when you see something going off in your supermarket, you think, "Oh, well, it, it ends tomorrow. I better stock up." And you buy all the stuff before it's too late. You know, it's just what you do. Right. Absolutely. So, but I'm glad we got an official response to that. They, you know, that they do care about um their community and they want people to know hey we're not forgetting about you guys we may not officially support you but these these mods were great and we are going to get a fix out for you here's the code that you they even went so far as to tell us the code they're just like it's not ready yet so you know go ahead and fix your add-ons or whatever and as soon as it's ready we'll we'll you know get it out there and and your add-ons will work i'm just glad it wasn't an accidental break oops sorry we're not sure what we did there Oh. It's reassuring to know it was all intentional and they went through everything. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Let's see here. Oh, the other big news, which is a thank the divines, head to your local your local temple, make a make a tribute to the divines. Whatever you gotta do to give your thanks. Because as of Monday, which will be the day you're listening to this. Um, they have their maintenance and they have a small uh, um, incremental patch coming on the thing again where they gave us heads up that they do believe they at le- least fixed one of the major, not all, but at least one of the major bugs that was causing the load screens. Thank God. I know. Because that was making the game. I know it sounds silly, but for me, I, I, I must say, maybe in my old age, I'm losing losing patience, but. It was ruining the game for me. Like I cannot be asked to go anywhere. Like, oh, another load screen. <laughs> enough's enough. Uh, well, I it it does seem minuscule, but it, it is annoying because I will say um, I was talking to uh, Nate um, Nate Lin- uh, Langson from this, and we 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 had a chat about this, saying how we have a routine that we do in the morning before I leave for work is my time to feed my horses, check my mail and everything like that, just to get all of that done. And he actually does similar things on his lunch break. You know, he's like, I got half hour. I can, I can take care of all my, all my, you know, maintenance things in the half hour and go from there. Um, but 
with the long load screens, the logging out and logging back in and waiting for it, my 30 minutes before I left from work that I was able to squeeze in was becoming much longer because of the load screens. When the load screen was taking upwards of, you know, three to five minutes to go through, um, and that's not really an exaggeration, it, it made it very difficult to get all of my stuff done. I actually had to start looking at it and went, mm, is it really important that I search this character and get their mail? No, no, I'll do it later. Um, so that was, that was kind of an annoyance. Um, it is long overdue, and I know Zoss got a lot of flack for it recently. Not even recently, for a very long time, people kind of, looking at Zoss going, you can't even handle patching long load screens. How are you guys going to do all of this stuff? Like I've seen it multiple times on Reddit, on the official forums. It it has been a, a pretty big thing in, in, uh, in the gaming world. Well, it kind of, it kind of blew up after, uh, what was it? Patch 2.0 or whatever. I mean, for me and everyone I knew, we've been suffering from this pretty much from day one. It just got worse after 2.0. Yeah. I, been, I think yeah. people were mentioning it was after patch 1.4, I think, is when the load screen started really hitting hard. Um, it was after the the lighting patch that they did. I think it was update uh, yeah. 4, I think, um, is when people started noticing the the um, the longer load screens. Um, whether or not that's true or not, that's just what I've been seeing across the web is when people started noticing them and they've actually just compounded and gotten worse each and every, each and every patch. So yeah, yeah, that is a thing. Um, let's see here. Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, the big news this week that I was super excited to see and, uh, uh, my friends over at uh, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, they added this in their, their last um, their last episode uh, during their Tamriel rumors. They were talking about data mined information um, for the Gold Coast and Anvil and things like that. Well, um, I'm pulling up right here on my notes. Um, there was an <clears throat> interview with Matt Fire over at MMORPG.com earlier this week where they talked about Orsinium and a bunch of other little things. It, it was an interesting read, kind of like where Elder Scrolls Online is going in the future. And they didn't give us anything really that we didn't already know in terms of DLC. Uh, Matt only really talked about uh, Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood. However, when he mentioned those, he did actually mention that they are going to get a zone at least a small one um, because he let drop that the thieves guild, which is the next DLC to be coming, which will probably be at the, I'm thinking either beginning of the year or near the in quarter one of 2016. So that could be anywhere from January to March uh, thieves guild will be dropping and it's supposed to take part in a, in a, a part of Hammerfell that we've not been to before. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to pull up the map here as I'm looking at Hammerfell, um, cause there, there is a good portion of Hammerfell that could be added. Like if you're, I'm looking right down here on the map as we speak, and there are quite a few areas that are not highlighted, uh, like below, 
um, Alakir Desert and Bangkorai. There's those whole sections that are not done. Um, we know that the zone's not going to be as big as Rothgar. Rothgar's their biggest expansion to date, and they're not going to have another one of that same size for at least a little while. So Dark Brotherhood and the Thieves Guild are going to be much smaller in scale, um, but it, it's neat to know that they're potentially going to have um, new zones. Now, Thieves Guild, they said part of Hammerfell that we've not been to before. That could be something as simple as a palace or something that we weren't able to go into. I don't know um, because they didn't really mention too much, but there are areas in Hammerfell that are not added. Um, but the Dark Brotherhood is going to take place uh, along the Gold Coast in Cyrodiil. Um, that portion of Cyrodiil that includes Kavach and Anvil and places like that. Um, and it will not be part of the PvP zone. Not not part of the war in Cyrodiil in any case. Um, yeah. Stellian, what are, what are your thoughts? Excellent. I mean, we were talked about a while ago, we were concerned that maybe all we'd end up with is this quest line and that was it. And it mm-hmm. sounds like they're going to be putting in at least some sort of zone area with maybe a bit more oomph into it mm-hmm. um, obviously everyone's really excited about the idea of a thieves and the dark brotherhood guild but no one's really given much thought beyond that so it certainly sounds like it's going to be a bit more full than we had concerns that it would be um, interesting about the Cyrodiil idea so it's not going to be PvP related nope they're keeping the triangle of Cyrodiil as the main parts of the war and what I'm guessing is that any portion of Cyrodiil that gets added in the future will not be part of uh, Cyrodiil in terms of the war for Cyrodiil. They're going to keep it to that triangle for the, the balance sake. And other sections will likely be some other form of content. Okay, because as I say, if it's not PvP related, that's good. Because I was concerned with being Cyrodiil, it might still have PvP to it and I'm not sure people are going to be ready for that as it were between Cyrodiil itself and Imperial City I know there's a dr- you know, big drought for a long time for PvPers but I don't know if throwing even more content on there mm. will really help I don't think the PvEers would be too happy to find out Dark Brotherhood is linked to a PvP-ish type of place Right. even, even though it kind of makes sense that the Assassins would have that kind of thing going yeah it's interesting to say say the least um i don't know like kind of off topic but not really talking about the the um, where we see pvp i i really think if zoss doesn't figure out their lag issues they're gonna have a hard time holding the pvpers in the near future um because there are a lot of PvP only games that are coming out in the near future. Uh, Crowfall, Camelot Unchained. Um, that that's their sole focus. And even in early, early, early alpha that they've been playing, um, has seen pretty significant um, improvement in the PvP side of things. So I, I'm I, I have a lot of fear for Cyrodiil as a whole personally now this is my own thoughts so for anyone 
thinking. These, this is just what I'm thinking. If you have contrary thoughts, I would be very interested in hearing them. So you can send us an email at contact at dungeoncrawlernetwork.com. Send that to us, and um, that would be great because I would really, really be interested in hearing your thoughts um, if you have anything else. But the PvP in this game is is not overly well done um just due to hardware restrictions that they're having and other than the core if you're in this game just for pvp okay when it's barely playable it's not going to be any fun right so why would you stick around and your hardcore elder scrolls fan base by and large is either a solo or pve oriented community so you know if if they don't if they don't wrap that up other than the people who love the game um because it is elder scrolls i i don't i don't see eso's pvp community standing up once these newer games come out near the end of uh, 2016, I think that's when uh, Camelot Unchained and Crowfall are looking for a launch or somewhere close to that. And them being sole PvP titles, I'm I'm pretty sure unless they have terrible game systems, they're not going to, um, you know, they they don't they don't have split development on any anything PvP and PvP, PVE and PvP. So. Uh, pure PVPers may jump ship. That, those are my thoughts. I don't know if uh, Stelden, if you have something to say on that. That's always the risk when you have a game that does both PVE and PVP. Trying to keep both sets happy, trying to balance your development between the two. Um, it's it's the reality. So if, yeah, if any of these games come up with something special, unless there's a PVPer who specifically likes the Elder Scrolls world while he's PVPing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any of those games hit the mark with their PvP, then that could well be time for them to leave. That said, most PvP-only games that I, I'm aware of have ended up crashing and burning. So <laughs> mm. Mm. There's, there's always that factor. I don't know what it is about PvP-only zones. I don't know if it's about a self-destructive bunch or something, but it always seems to go horribly wrong. Uh, well, well, in I sort of have fear for pvp games in general and because of this generation being moba i mean a lot of people are saying if you're a real pvp at this point it's mobas are the place to be um i i don't know if i agree with that 100 percent, but a lot of the pvp competitive people are are playing those those moba type games so um that may have something to do with it uh, maybe. I mean, I've always wondered. I mean, I, I, I was never much of a pvp until I actually had a lot of fun in Rift doing the PvP there. Um, that's when I first kind of thought, oh, it's actually quite fun. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I didn't take it particularly seriously. I just enjoyed doing it. And I always think to myself, because you always see the same old com- complaints, isn't it? Oh, uh, gear too good or champ points, whatever it is. People getting advantages, therefore it's not skill-based. Well, <laughs> to be honest, first-person shooters, MOBAs, that's where you get a lot of the it's all about how you play. Mm-hmm. Um, MMOs, you know, they, they tend to be gear-based games, developing your character. They're, they're RPGs. RPGs and PV, competitive PvP, while it can work, it's it's not what I'd call... I'd never say it was as focused, even if you mm-hmm. say it's a PvP game. It's just, it just 
they kind of contradict each other, mm-hmm. to be honest. And you know, I mean, general role playing games tend to be not a uh, a common thing, which is why, of course, that Pathfinder game becoming a PvP game was biggest belief to a lot of people. Why you turn an actual role playing game, which is all about working together, becoming pure PvP. Uh, yeah, I just don't see it for MMOs. I say I do it for fun, but and there is, of course, skill involved. But because things that can be imbalanced by champ points, levels, gear, there's a lot of variables in there. So, you know, if you want that pure experience, you've got first-person shooters and mobas for that kind of thing. Right. And, and maybe that's what it is when you have a pure PvP game, even though it's an MMO and it's focused on PvP. Maybe the problem is just there that long term, it just doesn't necessarily work all that well. Um, for, for that reason, so actually, while the Rapu who like PvP, the big core, as you say, are MOBAs and first persons. So it's this kind of subset that likes doing it with MMOs, but a PvP game on its own doesn't seem to be able to thrive strong enough mm. with the population. It's quite niche. Guild Wars 2 did PvP the best, in my opinion, because they separated it out. Uh, not not the world versus world. That's kind of like our Cyrodiil. That followed the PvE rule set, but they developed their, their PvP almost as a separate game. Like because when you signed into PvP, you were automatically boosted the max level. You were given a set of gear, which was PvP gear, which actually didn't even really have stats on it. It it had slots for runes so it didn't really have stats because you weren't really worried about it everyone got scaled up to a certain level based on your class the type of class you had there were no extra stats on your gear other than the runes that you could put on your gear to kind of customize your play style um and and um the abilities were actually scaled um separately which i actually really liked when you logged in you had the same skills but if they were some skills perform differently in PvP than they did in PvP or PvE. Um, if it was meant to be super powerful in PvE, they left it that way. But when you logged in, they changed how it worked or lowered its damage or did something to it to make it more balanced. Um, and I thought that was really, really good for an MMO kind of thing. But PvP in and of itself... It, see, I love... MMOs, and I know Estelle and you and I were talking about another indie one that we both follow, uh, Saga of Leucemia, which is a sole PvE game. While that is my main um, play style, and I am following that game very closely, I do like a little bit of PvP in my game, just as like a secondary hobby for me to do. Um, whether it be open world PvP, like UOs, um, you could murder anybody, but there was a karma system or battlegrounds or something, whether it just be for cosmetic rewards or titles or achievements or, you know, for just type of gameplay that you enjoy. I like PvP in my MMOs. It gives me something else to do when I'm waiting on raids or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It is what it is. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood coming in uh, Q1 and Q2 of 2016 and will bring us further into Hammerfell and into the Gold Coast of Cyrodiil. So expect those uh, in the first half of 2016. So that's pretty exciting. I had an interesting discussion topic planned for today because I, I, I kind of wanted to, to hear 
this question popped into my head and it was which of the announced or hinted at features do you think will bring more life to the world or make the game feel more like an Elder Scrolls game? Like what would make the world more vivid to you? Um, Estelle, Dan, why don't you go ahead and give me your thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, as I think in terms of what's going to make things feel more Elder Scrolls, yeah, I think the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood, you don't get much more. The, the, the core feeling that everyone knows and loves from the Elder Scrolls games. So I think those two are the obvious things to give it more of an Elder Scrolls feel. Um, I'm sure some people obviously are thinking spell casting. I still have my own mm, concerns about that. I'm not too big oh, a fan of the Oh, the spell crafting. Oh, spell crafting, yeah. So, yeah. Not necessarily something I'm that interested in, but I know people feel that's going to be a pretty big deal as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that they've hit that really, I mean, in terms of making the game more exciting or something I'd really look forward to. They haven't hinted at anything yet, but what I'd like to see would be a very, very big dungeon. Mm. Like crazy big. I'm talking three, four, five hours to get through, start to finish. Kind of like an old school MMO kind of dungeon, which is just this big, stupidly large place. You can have 12 bosses in there, more bosses, less bosses, doesn't really matter. And maybe it doesn't reset so that it takes a week. So it's a four-man group that you can go in there for half an hour or an hour, clear what you can. Things don't respawn until the next week, so you can do it in bit parts with your friends. Give yourself a reason to log on and actually organize your friends to do something, whereas at the moment there isn't really anything to do that for. I'm not going to call up a mate and say, hey, you're going to be on tonight because I fancied running a 15-minute dungeon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, I'll just do that with anyone. Currently, so it takes big... longer to get into the dungeons than it does to actually yeah. complete them. Yep, I think for the zone to get in and out again probably takes longer. Mm. So, you know, screw that. But, you know, if you have a big old dungeon that you can really sink your teeth into, because I mean, Dragon Star Arena, when it first came out, took quite a long time to get completed. So imagine that, but in a big sprawling dungeon with all these bosses around. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can go through, um, really, really sink, you know, have, have a lot of fun in there, good challenge that the bosses can drop different stuff. And it might be, if you want leaderboards for it, I guess, because people love leaderboards, rather than being a timed thing, it's more of a how many times do you die throughout that dungeon? I think so. It's just, it just, there's a death count. So those who are really good might barely ever die, and that's where your leaderboards could be made from. Yeah, so just one giant big adventure is, is what I'd love to see. Kind of like Shadow's Tear. Remember that place? Did you ever do that for the first time before you got overpowered for it? I've actually still don't even, I've not even done Shadows oh, here yet. It's pro- ironic, it's probably been my favorite type of dungeon in the game. It wasn't even an official dungeon because it was one of those sort of instants, but not an actual Yeah, I remember early or early on before they nerfed boss experience, which I'm actually kind of sad they did that. And the main reason why I'm sad they did that was because at least the boss experience was more exciting than mob grinding. But I know that was the big place to go um, in in uh, in in the game early on to get to the uh, like via uh, vet 10. I think it was um, everyone was doing the boss farm in Shada's tier. Oh, I don't know about that. I just remember it being a fun dungeon. You had like this, a place where you had poison chasing you and you had to run fast to try and get to the other end before you end up being caught and killed by the poison. And there'd be mobs there, so you have to try and fight the mobs. You know, it was just a fun, well-built dungeon. I'm just thinking that on a massive scale. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it'd be great to have you know almost like an overland zones worth just a big big place and you know you can go you could even be lazy i mean you've got a thanks to the oblivion realm you've got an excuse to do all sorts of stuff so if you want to be a bit lazy you could do something like grab a bunch of the vet dungeons and just mix out different parts of it so you've got the sort of baseline you've got your actual map of the place or you've got a piece of crypt of hearts in there you've got some of the city of ash in there and just just plop them together and rebuild them like that so you're not even have to create anything from scratch you're just literally taking elements from another zone and then fill it with whatever's monsters you've wanted and have all sorts of boss in there some some weird oblivion crazy thing that's gone on you know any excuse you've got if you want to be lazy about it and just put a giant place together yeah that you don't have to be too concerned about the lore of things yeah that the oblivion realms are definitely like i'm looking forward to um a lot of those things like if they really wanted to bring the raiding scene into into the game uh, I think the Oblivion Realms would be one of the best places to to do it because you, you could really kind of go any way you wanted with it. Because um, other than a few minimal concerns based on how the things are done or whatever, you could make up your own bosses uh, based on minor Daedric Lords, whatever you wanted to call them, and throw them in there and make them do anything. Like You don't even have to have them as part of Tamriel proper. You could I don't know, make it appear in the sky or whatever. Like, oh, it's a tear in the fabric of Nern. There it is kind of deal. You know, there's a lot of things you could do with it and you could design it however you wanted to because the realms are fluid. They're known to change and um, pretty much at a whim. It, it's it, it's kind of neat. We've seen that all throughout the game as we're playing along a, a minor Daedric uh, Lord comes into Nern and, and, and ensnares soul somewhere and and changes the the reality around them into their own little whatever you know you walk into it, it's like whoa i went through a door now all of a sudden i'm in an open field what's going on here and you're like in a daedric realm because they can change it it's great um i always felt like if they ever decided to do small scale pvp in terms of battlegrounds um that would be the best way to do it because then they could make it fair if you know what I mean, like completely fair um, and even sided because the realms can be whatever shape you wanted them to be. Uh, um, same. Uh, well, arenas, there are places that you can do arenas if you want to do some very small scaled PVP. If arenas were a thing, um, you know, the arena in the Imperial City, uh, various arenas all around i mean we have the maelstrom arena which is a pve but i mean those are just a thing that you can just throw in wherever you want so it's it's not that big of a deal um okay all right um i i mentioned this before the show one of the things that i i feel like would make the game feel more alive not necessarily more elder scrolls because uh, as we talked about earlier, all Elder Scrolls have been single-player games. So the thing that I feel would make it more alive is I'm still eagerly waiting the PvP portion of um, the justice system uh, because I like that idea, and I, I would actually really, really like if they added something with the Dark Brotherhood uh, to like a daily quest or something, or you know, like they do in Cyrodiil for. Um, for, for the PvP, 
like oh hunt down and 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 kill so many criminals or whatever they're flagged for pvp i think that would be that would be really really cool and i would uh love to see it i'd love to see never changing bounty the top 10 people who got the highest bounties here's your here's your daily quest kill bob yeah <laughs> kill this guy who has got the highest ones and then you've got criminals having their own little competition of trying to get on that top 10 board so that they're actually a quest that would be interesting that would really be cool that would really really be cool i like that i like that a lot <laughs> right, who wouldn't want to be there wanted the most wanted criminal you know quite proud to be able to look at a wanted board and see your name there like yeah it would be Just really nice though if they marked it that you were online though like you, you yeah. someone who makes a character and they're like top of the board and then they just log off so you can never get the bounty on them. They should just you have to be online to show the top 10 people. Yeah, exactly. Of course, while you're logged off, the bounty does decrease, doesn't it? You have to be logged in to lose the bounty. So It does, but I mean, there's certain areas that I could literally go and there's not guards around and I could just slay people and just get thousand gold bounty a kill and do that for like eight hours and i I would be just overly nuts with bounty like it's not hard to keep the bounty up because you know you kill one person and you're looking at probably you know two to three hours worth of of you can't go into town time with that bounty you do that a thousand times you got you know a couple million gold bounty that's that's a long time I mean, if you want yeah, to maintain just it. Thinking, yeah, well, I was thinking more along the lines of if you've logged off to be safe or whatever, of course, while you're logged off, someone else is going to be logged on, also trying to make themselves a nice, fine <laughs> bounty as well. So you can't hide too long offline or you're going to lose out on your chance to uh, keep your bounty in the top. This is but, true. I don't... But you're right. It would be, you would need some way of being able to know when someone's online. Yeah. So, although you just add them to your friends list, wouldn't you? You check whoever the most wanted guy is and slap him on your friends list. Well, go, ah, he's on. Yeah, but it would be kind of neat if they also did the, um, they gave you a hint where they were. <laughs> you know, like maybe even if it's just the zone that they're in, that would be great. Like, oh, Agelos is the most wanted criminal. He is in Rothgar right now. You know, that would be that would be pretty awesome. Um, and, and I like the fact that in order to kill the person, you have to flag yourself as PvP. So then it would be kind of cool if they could sneak up and kill you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, they're, they're the most wanted person is running around uh, Rothgar right now. Oh my goodness. Um, but then, then they, you know, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go hunt them down. So you put your PvP flag up and you go hunt them down, and. Um, you could be killed. That would be fantastic. That would be absolutely nuts. I don't know. I think it would be neat. Yeah, I think it would be the way forward to make it a very exciting, uh, fun side game entirely. Screw doing any quests or anything. Just spend your life <laughs> peeing one way or another. Yeah. yeah. Now, I know quite a few people who would uh, find that incredibly enjoyable. I mean, I, I being one of them would find that kind of thing enjoyable because... I would be able to hunt down criminals using the justice system. And yeah, no, I, I, I would find that incredibly enjoyable. I, I like it a lot. I like it a whole lot. Um, oh my, I'm killing something or another. I don't even know what's going on over here. They're just ugly looking. 
Um, yeah, I'm in Rothgar at the moment, just messing around. It's actually kind of it's one of the most gorgeous zones I've been in. Like, it's absolutely gorgeous. I love it. I haven't done any quest in it yet because I refuse to do that until I've finished all the quest lines in order as, you know, they should have been. So I still have all of gold to go through. I still have Craglorn to go through. And the last zone in um, Bancor, Bancor after the silver. So I've got a while, but I'm running around right now just gathering nodes, just ignoring quests, gathering nodes. And uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of fun. All right. Uh, let's see. I think that that's kind of about all we had this week. We didn't have overly a lot. Um, I wasn't going to talk about our gameplay too much because I know, Esteldian, you're still kind of not playing a whole lot due to your back and stuff like that. And um, I did have a good bit of ta- stuff I wanted to talk about, but uh, I want to save it for uh, Avi because a lot of it kind of adds him in there too. So. Uh, we'll probably save that for next week. So we'll go ahead and mark this as a, a shorter episode for us. And um, I really hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, you can follow all of our episodes uh, and all the podcasts we do, including uh, Chocobo Nights, The Midnight Hour, and our monthly DCN podcast over at our website, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. Um, you can find us on YouTube, YouTube.com slash DungeonCrawlerNetwork. And, uh, of course... Uh, Esteldian, where, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at Esteldian, both in-game and on Twitter. Although, as usual, I am a very silent Twitter man, so don't expect much waves of excitement from me there, I'm afraid. Uh, other than that, that's probably about the only place to find me. Obviously, Dungeon Crawler Network's contact us page probably has a bit of detail as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alright, uh, as for myself, um, you can find me in-game, um, at at Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S. You can find me on Twitter at Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S underscore W-O-F. You can follow the show, which I do encourage, especially with us getting ready to go on our mini hiatus um, at Tales of Tamriel is our show-specific Twitter um, and our network Twitter at Dungeon Crawl Net. So we definitely thank everyone for listening to our show. We really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to getting lots more emails from you guys because we love the emails. And uh, hope you enjoy it. And we will see you next time right here on DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. All right. See everybody. Goodbye. A serpent lights the ancient sky Tainted stars Evil stirs And in its wake The souls of mortals sway And so Days and
Bro. 